he finds something on Twitter and he just runs out the door and be like, hold up. Let me verify. <laughs> let me, yeah, let me check this. Let me check on that. I beat Unicorn Riot to this whole thing. Right. I love those guys. I'm going to um, live stream right now. Watch this. There's your intro, Rod. <laughs> wow. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> the final <laughs> The Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international stuff. The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Bridget McDowell and Sheila Reed. Produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez, Javeria, and Eric Silva. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at MN Football Show on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Minnesota Football Show. <laughs> Great countdown, Sheila. Uh, this is Bridget McDowell. We've got Rodrigo, we've got Eric, Sheila, and special guest Sasha today. What's up, guys? Well, what's up with you? This is the triumphant return. How are you feeling from the uh, recovery? Uh, doing okay. We're mm-hmm. very slowly getting there. Got stitches out yesterday, so okay. that's uh, that's phase one done. So right on, yeah. Well, we're we're thrilled to have you back. I feel like it's it's been a month, I think, right? A uh, couple Thereabouts? weeks. No, okay. it's only well, a couple of weeks. But for Eric, yeah, it feels everything weeks. feels like a month. Eric what has no sense of time. I mean, that's yeah. not on. <laughs> uh, so. uh, Sheila, how are you? I'm uh, not great. <laughs> There's a theme whenever we we turn to Sheila to get her updates. <laughs> I saw you skating out there, though. Yeah, I've been How, skating. How's that going? Uh, it's good. I I did. I was able to do backwards crossovers this morning. That was kind oh. of my goal. Nice. Um, what is that? So it's like basically skating backwards, but like you kind of cross over, cross your feet over. I don't oh, know, like okay, it. okay. Yeah. I think I've seen that on roller skating videos. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. kind of like the basic step of like more advanced people um it's like you got to have that in order to be able to do anything um i just don't want to fall yeah yeah i was gonna say (laughs) i just don't want to i can make a minute without like yeah destroying my hip i'm good (laughs) yeah i i learned someone when i was like about 14 15 like sold me a pair of hockey ice skates for like ten dollars right uh-huh. I didn't know nothing about hockey, skates, or anything like that, and so I learned um, because they froze over this pond that we uh, we would live close. I learned, but the f- couple first times I had like a full body snowsuit and like extra <laughs> extra padding because I knew I was gonna fall thirty times. Eventually, I could skate straight distances. I couldn't stop, so I always look for a <laughs> snowbank, right. <laughs> And yep. and at this age, I still can't go. <laughs> I still yes. can't stop. So if I'm out there, I want to make sure that I, there's a snowbank I can throw myself into to stop and then restart myself. But I think about like like seven years ago, 
I remember uh, we had a, a friend of ours from Holland and she's just like, you know, doing all the stuff you were talking about, spinning around and one foot and triple axle, sow cow, all that good stuff. And so she takes Aldegundo much smaller than my son. And within like 15, 20 minutes, he's got it. He's just like tearing around like no big deal. And she brought one of those like the metal, I don't know what you call them, but, you know, you can hold on to it to basically keep yourself up. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking that that would be for my son. I'm like, pass that thing over here. I'm going to use that thing. <laughs> We used to use the foldable metal chairs. That's what we used to use. Yeah. Yeah. Where did it go? With, what, what's new with you? Um, just uh, no, just life and cold, I guess. I mean, it's yeah. been busy at work, and um, I'm I'm getting I'm I'm beginning to like how Giselle is beginning to prioritize music about everything else except for schoolwork. Well, sometimes schoolwork. So, so there's a lot of uh, sounds that come out at two o'clock in the morning or maybe three o'clock in the morning out of her room. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's good. So far, so good. So good. So far, so good. I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're practicing again. So we'll see how well that goes. Um, actually they had a game yesterday. Yes. Their first, uh, first game indoors and that indoor. Was, okay. Yeah. So that was interesting. This uh, is Como. No, no, no. This is a uh, simple Blackhawks. Okay, so so they so they started doing that, and so that's that was interesting. I haven't seen the film yet, so I haven't really watched the game. But um, but um, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm just waiting for those uh that plum beer to arrive at my doorstep anytime soon. <laughs> soon to come. I, he, he's setting me up. Uh, Patreon.com backslash mn football show. Uh, there will be more uh hop. Clouds Minnesota football show collaboration. We're going to bring back the plum beer, the uh, La Mer C'est Pas à Boire. Is that, did I get it right? La Mer C'est Pas à Boire. Yeah. The good stuff. Um, I got a couple little corrections here. Then we're going to introduce our illustrious guest for the day. Um, so we talked about Ali Lipshire yes, uh, last week, rather, uh, and her getting the job at the soon to be named Kansas City NWSL uh, new women's team there. And I, for whatever reason, I thought I thought I heard this or saw it on Twitter that she was going to somehow do both. That makes sense. You can't be in two places at the same time. She is not doing both. She's going to Kansas City <laughs> to do NWSL, which makes total sense. Uh, but then it opens up this this coaching position. So Minneapolis City is, in fact, now looking for a new keeper coach. So maybe, Rodrigo, this, this is to you. Maybe if you know some amazing women that might be interested in uh, maybe filling in that spot. I don't know. Or whoever. Maybe some of your progeny. Yeah, right. There you go. He doesn't have any keepers, though. Do you have keepers in your family? Uh, Santi likes to get the ball, but when he hits him in the face, he cries. So, yeah, oh. like a nine-year-old. So, not <laughs> yet. Too. Not yet. No, I still but... do that. I don't like that. Not either. yet. No, I don't get like hit in the face either. That's why I got the special, making me look like a weird guy, kind of, kind of like handball glasses. So. <laughs> and then also related to uh, to city, I'll throw this one maybe to you, Bridget. Um, protagonist soccer they they did this top 10 most investable clubs and investable we're talking about like what you should support invest not as not necessarily like financially invest is that correct uh, yeah that's how i read it okay um and the the clubs that have the most potential for growth it was okay. actually a a 70 club list but they released them all like 10 clubs at a time Mm -hmm. uh, and somehow I missed the first like six releases and just caught the top 10, but yeah, city 
was named number one. Heavily because of their community involvement, community first, uh, their activism after George Floyd was mentioned in the article, uh, the food drives and cleanup and that stuff. Um, And then, of course, uh, the futures teams and their branding and marketing and all the reasons that we've come to love them uh, were named on that list. So. Yeah, you know, I, I had the, the all the mutual aid work they did with with the food drive during uh, the uprising. I had it in my notes when Sarah was here, and we just got rolling on other stuff as we tend to do. And then I'm like, <laughs> I came back what? like, how did I? Yeah, how did I forget to mention like the most important thing to me in my neighborhood connected to this club? But I but I did. So I apologize. I'm glad other people obviously remember it, and uh, and good on them. Congratulations to yeah. to City. All right. Well, Mr. Sasha. Sasha Kowasi, uh, welcome. Named after uh, Kowasi Balagun, right? The uh, Black Liberation Army uh, philosopher, activist, radical. <laughs> yeah, my dad's a big fan, so that's that's my middle name. Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Um, so, I mean, Rodrigo and I have seen you around football and around uh, just the culture and the supporters' culture for a number of years. But I kind of wanted to just—we always basically ask the first question of you know how did you get into soccer how did you get into uh football whether as playing or as just spectating in the supporter section or both probably in your case so i'll just uh i'll throw it to you yeah for sure um well thanks for having me again um you bet i yeah i mean i think i pretty much kicked around soccer ball for as long as i can remember um my I was born in Chicago, got family in Chicago. So um, for a while, the Chicago Fire were my, were my big connection. Um, my parents were living there when that team was founded. Um, and for a while, they were a really exciting team. Um, sorry to all the Fire fans out there. They're less so right now. Um, but right as they sort of were being less exciting in my life, um, the Stars rebranded to Minnesota United. And we had always gone to um, Thunder and Stars games up in blame, but there, I don't know, there seemed like sort of a disconnect or I w- wouldn't be paying attention and I wasn't old enough or, um, but that first season and like with Ibarra and Ramirez, like I like really fell in love with soccer for like a second time. Um, and then, yeah, you know, being in the supporter section, it's just like, just a whole nother dimension to like appreciating the game that you can't get from watching on TV or from anything else. So that really um, made me appreciate the sport. Um, Played youth soccer, played in high school. I was a goalkeeper, not qualified to coach Minneapolis City, but um, I have- (laughs) Qualified to maybe not get in the face, get hit in the face, because that that puts you ahead of both (laughs) Rodrigo and I. That's that's what I would say. Couldn't couldn't be much more help from there. yeah, you know, played a little bit, um, left wing Minneapolis, pick up soccer. Um, last year, when I was in Chicago, I, I coached for the first time with some little, little kids, and that was super fun. It's a, it's a hard year to, like, plug into soccer, but I, w- I would love to um, try to coach some youth soccer this coming year. We'll, we'll hook you up for that. And okay, shout yeah. out to left wing. Left wing is, is I think it's, that's where I, I met your dad. Um, um, played soccer and so um, whenever your dad yelled at me I always did what he did because that's what I usually do when a goalie goalie yells at me I'm like okay I'll go do it so that's <laughs> I, in a sense how I do that so um, but no yeah it, it's great seeing you it's, it's 
Like I remember watching you and talking to your dad when you were like younger and then how you were in high school and you were playing keeper and all that stuff. So it's really nice to to kind of find out where your where, where your love came from and that you're into coaching because that's kind of like the same thing. I had a we had a Adam on last week and he has a two year old and he's like, Well, how do I introduce or keep soccer in my life? I was like, it's like two, start kicking the ball, four, start coaching North, North coaching <laughs> You know, you six soccer, just make sure that you coach them all the way until you can't coach them no more. And then that's how you keep soccer in your life for the rest of it. When you got kids, that's that's the you make this sound so easy because I tried this as well and failed miserably. So, <laughs> oh, no, I'm not saying that's easy. I'm just saying that's how you do it. Like when when Issa was, I think, four. Yeah, four or five. She played on a team that I coached with a friend of mine and. She didn't play for like a year and a half. And then when Giselle started playing when she was six, so Issa was eight, um, they all got back into it again. And so it was one of those things where like, you know, we just kept doing it and kept doing it. And eventually, you know, it was something that was a family game and it turned into something else. And it, it is where it is now. So Eric, one day you're going to not, you're just gonna, not even going to be thinking about it. You're going to be thinking about something else. And and your kids will be like 25 or something like that. And they'll call you up and they'll be like, yeah, I've gotten into soccer lately. <laughs> yep. Yep. It might be sooner than that. The The little one, she's she's got like the, the athletic bug. And I think I've seen her ball control and things like that. It's just a matter of getting her out into a team and actually playing with others. Like we haven't quite got there yet, but uh, yeah. She's got it, I think. Just just show um, her uh, replays of uh, of Macario's game. Yeah. Oh yes, we'll get there. A taste of things to come. I want to get back to <laughs> Sasha. Um, so I'm I'm assuming Sasha. I mean, you you kind of mentioned it. It's it's difficult to get into things now in a pandemic, um, and I I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm assuming that for protection of the players and things like that, you you probably would just you're in the same boat as us is there shouldn't be sporting events at this point in time. I, I would imagine you would agree with that. Um, but I'm curious your take on this whole MLS is back tournament. I mean, wh what did you think of that? Maybe some of the successes and some of the things that maybe didn't hit the, the right, the right point. Uh, but I'll throw it to you, your, your opinions. The whole thing. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, it was, it was sort of gimmicky. I thought, um, which was what it was trying to be. Um, I mean, I watched it, so I don't know. Like, part of me feels like I can criticize it all day, but I still watched it. So um, there's that. It's weird. Um, anytime that like anything other than like human va human lives are like not the priority, which is like unfortunately in a pandemic, like that's kind of what's at stake. So like, anytime you know, putting soccer on ESPN or getting people into Disney World and I don't know, all that stuff should sort of be secondary. Um, you know, people talk about it as being a success and I think in some ways it was. In other ways, you know, there was like two teams that had outbreaks. Um, I don't know of anyone that like a player's um, family member or anything that was like gravely affected. So that's good. Or like, you know, hotel staff or anything. So all that stuff is, is good. Um, but yeah, you know, I think it's pretty simple, like hu human life first, every, everything else second. 
Yep. Well said. Well said. As as we start to talk about everything ramping up again, unfortunately, right? <laughs> um, how about your thoughts on the on the actual season itself? Uh, I mean, I think all of us here did not foresee Minnesota United pushing as far as they did that deep into the playoffs. Um, curious of your of your thoughts. Uh, did you see that coming, for example? No, I mean, you know, I think probably like all of you, I was I was excited for Reynoso um, and knew that he was um, probably going to be a step above any player on the team in some ways um, and in, in different ways than in Darwin was him being a little bit younger and um, yeah, so I, I was excited, but I didn't didn't know what to expect. And I still feel like like the, he had like seven assists in three or four games. Is that the the number? Like I can't like a, I can't remember. It was pretty ridiculous though was, for the, yeah, the little time. Like seven or eight. Yeah, he's not going to get that. You know, every three games next season. That's that would be insane. So like, um, him. Part of it, I think he's a great player, and the Loons are a better team with him being on it. And he also clicked with Molino in a few games and both of them were hot and like sometimes that's what it takes it's not always like I didn't feel like the loons were necessarily the fourth best team in the league but if you're in the semifinals then you know that's that's kind of all that matters so in a way it was a surprise um but in a way I think like they they had the pieces and it, it just clicked at the right time that free kick, though, that was probably my favorite take I've seen in such yeah. a long time. So, yeah. But um, so what what are what teams did you follow, Sasha? So Loon, Loons are the team that I'm um, obsessed with. You know that I follow follow hard. Um, yeah, I, I keep my eye on the fire, um, just because I I used to like them. I have some fire T-shirts. I I want. I love the city of Chicago. I want the fire to be a good team. Um, and to, and to be an exciting team and a team that represents the fans, which they've kind of failed to do recently. Um, you know, I, there's, there's a lot of teams that I like, like the idea of and support without being able to name a player. Like I could name on like Ford Madison, super fun. I'll cheer for Ford Madison. I could probably name four players. Um, Glasgow Celtic, cheer for them. They've had a, a rough year, probably name three or four players. Same, same with City and, um, yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll find out about teams that I think are interesting and that I think their, you know, their fans are interesting and, you know, stand for something or whatever that means. Um, yeah. Let's let's go there. Oh, go ahead, Bridget. No, you're good. I was gonna say stand for something. Um, just knowing you and, and your family, um, what what did you think? There, there was so much happening uh, this year. We already mentioned the pandemic. We had the uprising here in Minneapolis. We had the uprising across the country, uh, worldwide even. H how did you see some of these ties kind of starting to play in, in the land of, of football, whether it was in the MLS or elsewhere? Because, you know, it, it was unavoidable. Things were going to happen, right? I'll throw it to you. Um, and so much of the stuff happened. Um, I mean, things are so interconnected. Like the the uprising and some of the things would not have happened in the same way without 
COVID and the pandemic, I think it set a lot of the, you know, economic stress and the stress in general for people to, you know, uprise. But like, I, I can't help but imagine that um, some teams would have had some like amazing TFOs had there been, you know, in-person um, games. So that's, that's one of the things that I thought about, like Portland would be doing some cool stuff right now. Um, but like, it was cool to see the players, um, you know, come together. I think it seemed like there was lots of people who already had ideas and already had um, criticisms of um, systems, whether that be, you know, police systems or how the MLS is run or how soccer is run. Um, and I think like a lot of things, this was sort of a, a turning point in getting people to talk to each other and um, the, I think originally it was called the Black Players Coalition. I believe they've changed their name. Is that right? Right. Black Players for Change. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's a big thing. I, I, I hope I hope the best for them. I hope they're able to, you know, make significant changes and improve the game, but also improve like, you know, South Minneapolis and improve Chicago and parts of LA, you know, like the communities that these teams make a lot of money off of. Right. Well said. I mean, that, that kind of throws it back to uh, what Minneapolis City did compared to what uh, Minnesota United did not. I mean, granted, they, they did some things kind of based around uh, Allianz, if I remember correctly, but it seemed like it came a, a lot later, whereas what happened with City was just like, we have this immediate need and we have to do something now. Can't wait. And with, with United, it was all like their sponsors and partners who kind of took those things on. Their food drives were, I mean, they're hosted by United, but it was like Allianz Bank and Club right, right, Foods right. and those who really jumped in and made it happen. Whereas City was, I mean, if you went down to one of those drives, it was that whole crew was taking care of every aspect of the thing. So yeah, it was just totally decentralized. Yeah. And also you've got a, yeah. a player that refuses to kneel that too i have sort of a funny story about that player um oh please friend was was downtown and i believe it was the, the maybe the second or third night of the uprising before the before the third precinct burned down um so things weren't totally shut down and that same player was maybe not so afraid of going outside so he was he was walking his dog downtown and my friend who was on his way to the protest stopped and you know said ah oh, yelled his name and asked for a selfie and he, he took the picture and then my friend went all right good to see you black lives matter and it was like he said it was just the most like awkward like oh like he froze up and like had didn't oh, wow. interact with my somali friend who was super friendly and said black lives matter to him wow so this is this is way <laughs> before even those those incidents even appear yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, yeah, because it was, they were still up in Minneapolis, so I think he, Interesting. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's been that way for a while. I mean, you don't, you don't have those, those types of views on society if it isn't already right. embedded somewhere, if you learned it from somewhere else. So that's, that's the thing. I, was he wearing a mask though? Good question. 
I'll have to because I've been trying to figure out who was the anti. I would wager no. <laughs> I would wager I no. Who was the anti-masker? Was on that team. I believe the anti-masker. Well, is one of the guys who's gone now. I don't think it was. Oh. Him. Okay. So so as it's far, uh, as far as I've heard. Okay, anti-masker's gone. Okay, all right. Well, that that destroys <laughs> I mean, my I'm theory. Sure Thanks more, a lot. I'm sure there's more than one. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah, because maybe... the, there was like several people that were going out to bars and stuff. Yeah, I mean there there was also an anti-vaxer, so there's that too. But wow, I, I don't even know. If, I don't. That's the first I've heard of that one. Yikes. We, we for the one I just j- joked about. Yeah, we <laughs> we just joked about the uh, the bombilla maldita with the Argentinos and Uruguayos <laughs> pa- uh, passing mean, the mate. Yeah, my other guess was going to be aha, but you know, but. he's one of them, bombilla maldita. Um, throwing it back to uh, MNUFC for you, Sasha. So we talked a little bit. You, you mentioned, in fact, Molino, and we co- of course covered his his moving on. So some ideas maybe that you have of uh, filling some perhaps necessary gaps that we now have uh, as things are kind of starting to rev up to get going again for the good or the bad. Um, maybe you can start there, left wing. What are we going to do? That, yeah, that's a good question. I don't, I, I, I couldn't even tell you a, a player off the top of my head that I, I'd be excited about. I would guess, you know, they're going to get like... Well, that would be actually that's number one. Do I, I got into that's I should have talked about my little brother. That's the person right now who is my my um, soccer analyst um, debate buddy. So we'll get in these little arguments about this and that. And he was saying he was like, if Chacon, if he gets you know five games this season, I'd be happy. That would be an improvement. And I'm like, yeah, that would be an improvement. But he's got to get more than five games. He's got to get you know yep. either either give him 15 games as a sub or like put him on loan somewhere so we can get minutes. I think Chacon needs minutes. So ideally ready to start as a left wing in, in my ideal world, Chacon is ready in, in the real world. I don't know if he thinks he's ready anyway. So I, I just heard uh, analyst debates between you and your brother. And listen, if, if you want to record some of those, we'll put it up as Patreon content. Cause that sounds like good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um what about uh i mean you got other gaps as well like for example forwards top is i think the biggest for me because i didn't like look on the left but in a pinch he can play on i mean i guess in a pinch he plays up top too but um to me left wing seems like you can put you can move people around and it just up the number nine forward seems like most glaring hole and yeah. That's that's the place you want to spend some money. I, so I would just want to say that I don't think anybody except for Heath like played Lewd on the left. So yeah. right on. Anything else? Any other any other little spaces or places you think we could use uh, some reinforcements or some some new faces? I mean, the question of who who's going to be a number six, um, I think, is a big one. Um, I'm I'm curious, kind of how Will Trap where his future is. Cause I think if, if you take the roster from last year and where does he fit? I think he fits in Greg Ush's spot more naturally. So is one, is one of them going to get um, pushed to play more like um, play more defensively. Greg Ush is going to be gone for the euros is trap just going to be there to fill in 
when he when he needs to be. Um, you know, how does Dotson fill in? Yeah, those are those are very good questions. Yeah, I think there's a lot of roster questions that we we have. I think um, people people get sucked into the aspect that Will Trap because he was traded to Inter Miami, it, you know, for such a cheap amount. It was, uh, it you know, he isn't that great, but he is a possession guy. He's a distributor in that aspect of it, which is a resemblance of Aussie's uh, role, right? Aussie is a great passer. Like his passes, you know, 80% of the time he'll, he'll make connections. And that's what we kind of want out of our defensive midfielder to be able to commit those passes. And Gregory can make that, but Gregory is not a defensive player at all. Right, um, and so the question then comes up: Do you know what? Are, where are the con- contracts on with um, Jacory Hayes? Jacory Hayes can play the eight and sometimes the six. Uh, Dotson, I think Dotson. You know, you can put him on that left wing. He's got so much energy, and he always he's best when he's dribbling at somebody into the goal. Like when he's dribbling at someone or at it, I feel that he has more of a urgency to to do something, and I think that's what we need as an eight. He's worked well too, from time to time, depending on the team. But um, it's all up to to see what what else is happening. I mean, we have to see what happens with these guys we drafted too. And that yeah, was interesting. We'll that was the first time I watched the draft. <laughs> right on. Well, um, that's kind of it for my questions. Unless anybody else has anything for uh, for Sasha here. Um, what are your um predictions for the most dramatic things to happen in 2021 in soccer in soccer 2021 predictions most dramatic okay um i think messi is going to stay at barcelona that's Ooh, bold all right (laughs) um i think i'm gonna be i'm gonna be i forget the word um positive and predict that Minnesota is going to be given a women's soccer team. I don't know if that comes with that new league that was maybe sort of announced or if that comes in the NWSL, but I'm going to manifest that. Um, Loons are going to, I'll say they get back to the conference finals. Um, And... Carlos Vela stays at LAFC. That one's not that bold, but. That's some good stuff. Wow. All right. Like yeah. 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 Well, um, it here, folks. yeah, exclusive. <laughs> I, I just wanted to tie in one thing and then we can take a little break here, but uh, we had the, the ISC conference over this past weekend and it was all as we're doing right now over the computer over zoom. And so we mentioned the, the black players for change. There was actually, there was an amazing panel and I was late to it, but then it's up on their YouTube if any of you want to watch it. So you can just go there anytime. It's really good. I cannot recommend it enough. So it was Black Players for, Ch- for Change, Black Women Players Collective and the USL, USL Black Players Association. I want to make sure I get them all right. So you had Madison Hammond and Zara King from OL Reign. Matt Watson from Indy 11, Jalil Anibaba from Nashville FC, and Justin Morrow from TFC, all on with uh, a moderator from ISC. I can't think of his name right now. He was, he was really good, though. And it was, it was just awesome. Like, all these players are extremely well-spoken. They, they got personal. It got a little raw. It got deep. 
Um, and just to see and, and listen to them talk passionately about what they're doing and where they want to go with all these different organizations, it was really, really good. So for listeners and for you all on the amazing panel here, I, I highly recommend checking it out. Um, our friend of the show, Dr. Brenda Elsie, she also did a really good one with FAIR, uh, basically talking about getting the, uh, getting the fash, getting the Nazis out of the stadium and how to report them and get them to fair and get them to other and get them to other organizations, mostly outside of FIFA. So they can actually do something because we, we all know that FIFA is going to drag their heels and the rest of their body and not really do anything. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to throw that one in there. And uh, Sasha, do you want to stick around? Yeah, I'm cool with that. Right on. I want to be respectful of your time. So let's take a little break and we'll come back, talk to Minnesota United and local international and all that good stuff. Hi, this is Lisa Watch, and no, you must be to me because I am definitely not blessing your ears in this podcast. Anyways, back to the Minnesota Football Show. And we are back. Um, back with some local, national, and international news on the... Are we in off-season? Yeah. This off-season? It's, a, it's always a season somewhere. That's true. Also true. Yeah, I've got Minnesota United stuff up and there's not a lot, obviously, because you just said it's the offseason. Um, I don't know who wants this one. I'll, I'll just throw it out for everybody. Uh, on Ike's Instagram, he put out some pretty uh, passionate, detailed uh, descriptions of some of the stuff, most, mostly what his wife was going through, but I think directly tied to why he decided to take the season off as well. Um, anybody want to talk about that? Uh, Bridget, Rodrigo, any, any you saw it? Sasha, maybe whoever saw it. I, I didn't really see it. So if anyone really stepped in, did, then yeah, uh, I was able to see that. I think he's done one, another one since, but yeah, a couple of weeks ago, he posted on his Insta story. Um, his wife was diagnosed after a lot of various medical problems and misdiagnoses. Um, diagnosed with Hashimoto's, which is like an immune condition. Um, and she's now in remission, but it took like a year of uh, treatments at Mayo and, and other clinics. Um, so yeah, he said that was definitely part of why he was not with the team this season. Um, so obviously with that uh, and COVID happening at the same time, they kind of tightened things down. Um, it wasn't like the full reason he did mention he's having some issues too. So between the two of them, it was kind of a rough year all around. Um, he didn't really get into details on what his issues were in that story. Um, I mean, we, we do know possibly concussion related and some other things, but um, yeah, the, the main reason was his wife and uh, that's, a pretty crazy diagnosis. So that was kind of a tough road for them, for both of them. It makes total sense too. Like if you have someone yep. who's immune suppressed, like that's the least thing you want to be able to is yeah. specifically when you have a bunch of, you know, several anti anti-maskers and anti-vaxxers and yeah. And you have people who are not being responsible going to bars, 
drinking yeah. drink, drinking mate and all the other stuff sharing the bombilla it's <laughs> it's not it's not it's not yeah, good I mean, it's not good i mean even when there isn't a global pandemic happening something like that you pretty much kind of lock down your life and you know really focus on that and not want to deal with any other possible thing coming up so um definitely makes a lot of sense thank you thank you for that um I guess the other big news, we we kind of alluded to it last week. Uh, looks like Luis Samarija gone back to uh, Elideu, back to Ecuador. Uh, Andy kind of got it here first, and then Deportes Noticias Ecuador, Nuevo Goleador Albo is coming back. Um, so there still it is. Still zero, uh, still zero word from the club. Uh, right. Even, even though the United has not acknowledged Ecuador. this. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, Andy got it thing. from a radio station in South right. America. So right, not only that, but like also, um, if you go to uh, Amarillo's Instagram, he posted a, a goodbye to Minnesota thing. So oh, I missed that one. So that's the thing too. He said gracias and thank you, Minnesota, and then you know, that was it. You know, like usually when a player does that, usually it's like that's there's no going back. At least our record of players who yeah. have done that. It's not very good. So we had Darwin, yeah. we had I mean, Kevin, and now unless they're, unless they're trying to get a raise, like. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Once it goes up on the social media, it's, it's dip, dipped in gold. <laughs> um, Rodrigo, do you, do you? We joked about this, but now I'm almost wondering. Do you think he wrote in the uh, what was his name? Bombadija. He wrote in the Bombadija clause. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. For for the other for the other uh, panelists and listeners, if you guys don't remember, this is a couple episodes back. We talked about the guy from Guarani, the striker who the Guarani Fulmonti, yes. That's exactly it. It is the Guarani Fulmonti. He, he scores the goal and he took off his shirt and he kept going. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, so so we joked that Amaria Sauce is like, oh, I'm I'm writing this one in. <laughs> Well, well maybe maybe Ecuador is less lenient on that. Maybe that might be it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's a that's a good question to have. We should we should reach out to LDU and be like, what's in the clause, right? Is this yeah. you know, <laughs> is this like what a neat type of celebration? Thing? That's, right, that's right. right. I I'm a big proponent of naked soccer. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> it really should be more naked soccer. Yes. There was a that's naked um, frisbee golf team at my college. What college was that? McAllister. <laughs> of course. Well, I'm going to have to talk about <laughs> McAllister. <laughs> uh, no. So I, I put some ideas in here. I know I'll, I'll throw these out to you if you, any, any of you know some of these names. We, we talked about these last week, too, with Adam. Uh, Santos Borre from uh, River Plate. He he would be phenomenal. It, it's just that price tags we were talking about too. That, that, that shit needs to stop. That's not fucking happening. Like, I I know. Like, we can dream. Like though, I, I got into dream. an argument with Mark and me. I, when me and Mark get into arguments, it's just like you know we're like bickering, you know, eighty-five year old grumpy old men type of thing. We just go back and forth and we hold a grudge. And I was like, that's there's no way the Minnesota. So he's United in on it. He thinks Santos Borre is a possibility. Well, he says, why not? We can dream. And oh. I'm like, there's a thirty-five million dollar clause. That that River Plate wants people to pay before they can even talk about transfers. Grant granted, right, his contract is up in June, right? But mm-hmm. so like if you really play it well, you might be able to get it cheaper. But like, you know, he he's like the number two scorer on River Plate or something like that. 
He's you're not gonna amazing. you're gonna get rid of someone like that for for like eight million dollars. Well, let me throw on. I got a couple of names. So Luis Adriano, he's still in it. He, they'll be playing in the final for Libertadores next weekend. Uh, he's Palmeiras striker. He's he's significantly lower in, in terms of the transfer fee. I, I think they put him around three million. Now, what you were talking about, Rodrigo, if there's like a a clause in there that would that would push that up, I'm not sure about. But at least what's in transfer market, right? Three million. That seems like a Minnesota United number. I don't know. That's closer. Right. I could see it. He, he's been a little cold lately, like the last couple matches. I mean, River Plate just like smoked him, even though they won on aggregate. So he didn't even get a chance. But it has been a little bit of time since he scored. But I think if, if they were looking for a, a consistent uh, striker that they could depend on, he, he can definitely provide. Um, one that's a little more risky, but I would, of course, love to see because it's Guayazi Sporci Clubi, is, is the young man Vinicius. Um, he hasn't got a lot of playing time because there's like there's this old guard, quite literally on the front line. Like their their two strikers right now are 38 and 36, and then they keep starting it. I'm just like, come on, guys. When they're close to my age, get them out of there. So, this, so he's. I know exactly. Have you started the Vinicius Vinicius uh, watch in then? I haven't, but Mark, if you're listening, please. just just in case, if if it does happen, we have the perfect song to take the. The chameleon, the, the caca chameleon song, and just do Vinny, 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 Vinicius. So let, let me give you the positives here. Um, he's 21, first of all. He can double either as a striker or a left winger. Okay. And according to the transfer market, he is, did I not get it in here? I guess I didn't put it in here. He's below a million, though. I know that. He's like 800,000 or something like that. I don't remember. Um, 22 appearance, appearances, five goals, two assists. So not bad, but again, he's just not getting the playing time. So I think it's one of those things where somebody needs to give him a chance and actually start him. That's my suggestion. Let's go, Fangmeyer. Vinicius, watch. <laughs> <laughs> any other thoughts? Sasha, you got any ideas? We, we kind of talked about it, but I don't know if anybody comes to mind. I've heard, and maybe you've talked about it too, but uh, hashtag MNUFC has been talking about Andres Iberwen. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the left, the left winger on Club America. Yep. Columbus, he's got a little bit of uh, injury history, um, so perfect for the loons. Um, I think. Yeah, we had. That's funny. I like that. Perfect for the loons. <laughs> I, I mean, it only, it's only perfect if he if he's torn his ACL. So that's. Uh... That's. Yeah, we we had uh, Adam on last weekend, and he's a he's a Club America guy, so he he gave us the. The full rundown. Boo. <laughs> um, well, let's turn to this draft then. Um, I don't know a lot of these guys. Are these are these your notes, Sasha? Yeah, I, I took a little bit of notes, yeah. Look at you jumping in right in the notes. Nice. I love it. Okay, so tell us a little bit about Justin McMaster. He was picked first by Minnesota in the 17th pick forward. Wake Forest, throw to you. Yeah, so – well, first they they traded their draft pick, and I can't remember the first the first number they had the the twenty third or twenty fifth. It was twenty fifth pick. They traded up, I think, to NYC yeah. for like 50 50 k in gam. Which, yeah. to tell you the truth, like overall throughout this whole draft, like they spent about a hundred k in gam, and like we always want to know what we can do with the Gubber Bucks. Apparently, it's trade up. <laughs> yeah, and I think 
you got to think of, you know, loons don't really have an academy. They, they've been fairly successful in the draft. Um, so it's, it's not super like, I don't know, exciting as a fan in the same way that either big international signings or like youth from around like you know, local youth breaking the team is. But like, if this is, if this is how we get prospects, then like it's worked so far. So like, I kind of respect it. And if they traded up for both, twice in a row. Um, I think that shows that they like wanted these guys that they didn't think they dropped this far and that they had them on their list. So that's exciting. The first one is um, Justin McMaster. He's a Jamaican American, 21 years old, plays, um, they list him as a forward, but I think he's also played on the left. Um, some of the analysts said he's quote, in the mold of Kevin Molino, which is interesting. I think um, like dynamic, kind of an inverted winger, can can dribble, can can move good, can get in positions to score. Um, do, do you but, think Adrian Heath just read that and was like, go, move it up, move it up, let's get him. <laughs> Caribbean. Checked all, the, checked all the boxes. Right, right. Go ahead. I, I just that I think, so they, they say that about him being Kevin Molino, but I, I think there's, there's almost no way that this guy is a regular starter. Um, and I'm excited about him for sure, but I think he sort of fits into like, again, if, if you laid out the roster and what the spots are, he sort of fits into Raheem Edwards as being like um, quick guy off the bench um, who can kind of hopefully catch the defense um, off guard in the in the 70th minute or so if Heath, Heath um, feels like putting him in, we'll see if that's a thing. That is definitely the thing. <laughs> yes. The other, the other thing you need to look at if is... If we're allowed to use subs this year. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> if there's one thing, I just want to, to keep the five sub rule thingy. I think that was actually... I like that part about this past season. But Justin McMaster was a top 10 pick last year until he got injured. So it's interesting that uh, and he's come back and he's played. You know, he didn't have the greatest season this season, but he's coming back from an from an from an ACL injury. And so, like, it was intriguing to watch Minnesota United being able to trade up to get someone who is, you know, last year was ranked number in the top ten and and now has something to prove. So I think that was that was a good gamble on the aspect of it. And and again, like I said, it's a good use of that Garber bucks. I mean, like, yeah. if if we get, I mean, if we get anything close to or similar to Dotson. I mean, you consider the draft a win in a sense, right? And and with the other two two gentlemen and we'll talk about it, I think there's yeah, let's, there's a quite possible right now. That that's a good segue. So they trade up again if I'm not mistaken, right? And they, they pick immediately after 17 18. So 18 you get uh Nabilai Kibanguchi. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um throw it to whoever wants it. Sasha. Yeah. Um so I, some of the things referred to him, I think he goes by Nobby. Um, so I'll, I'll say that because um, I think that's, I think that's what his friends call him. Um, hopefully. Um, and I, he played for, you're, you're in tight with him. You guys, you guys go way back. Um, <laughs> he played for one of the UC schools and I forget which one, but they had a top um, defense last year. Um, and in, in, as far as D one college soccer goes, and he was, um, he was the anchor of it. Is is what um, Juicy Juicy Davis? That's where he went. Yeah, Juicy Davis. Um, 
he he's pretty tall. He's six three. Um, he can play sort of as a center back or as a number six. I he spent most of his time as a um, center back, but if he can play as a number six, I think that means he has a little bit of confidence with the ball. He can he can make a pass. He can um, receive the ball. So all that stuff um, is is good skills to have, even if he's just playing center back. And I think that's sort of where he's going to be with, with Aha gone um, and, and with Musa gone, who last year I think was sort of the guy who could fit in both the six and the center back, and we, we didn't get to see him much. But, um, yeah, I, I think Navi's going to fit in there, and hopefully – I hope both of them get some time. The other thing is, like, Billingsley last year is one of these guys could, you know – get one appearance at the end of the season and be on, on loan all year. And that's, that's not necessarily a bad thing if they're, if they're getting experience. Right on. Well said. And how about the final one? Um, I don't even know what number Mr. Uh, Sean O'Hearn. I, I, I didn't even get the number in here when he, when he gets picked, but. Uh, it was like 30 something. I think. All right. Was it on the Whoever... third round? Or... <laughs> Wait, there was only two rounds this year. I forget. Did they, so I forget how many uh, rounds I had this year. I think it was three, right? Three. Yeah, so it was in the last round, Sean Hearn. Yeah, whoever wants to. My understanding is that this was the second round, and this was the pick they got um, in the toy trade. So they, they got a, a chunk of cash, oh. early second round pick. So it's it was second round, but it was like 35th or something. So not okay. far into the draft. So initially I thought, because I think before they've they've – you know, drafted people in the third or fourth round and not signed them. But if he's going early in the second round, I, I bet um, he gets a contract. And he's a he's a left back. And everything I read about him is that he's really gritty and tough. And that's that's what he said that he's the toughest person in the draft. So I don't know that's, what that. Means. It's the, funny. The, the press released from the club. Um, he said I was told he was the toughest bastard in the pool. So. <laughs> can we get can we get that on a on a banner somewhere? <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. <laughs> he's like, this is the guy we. That's something we like. They told they tell us he's the toughest bastard out there. So, <laughs> all right. Yeah, did, hard, hard to go anywhere after that. That kind of says it. <laughs> did Did anyone actually watch his highlight reel from college? Mm-mm. If no, you get, if you anything. do, you should do it. This kid is um, like he's he, he's taller than Chase, but he's got like he's not afraid to put his body on the ball, right? And then uh, or knock someone over, literally, like just plow people <laughs> over, right? Which is something that we are afraid with Chase, but he's got quick feet, and he can change his body body positioning quickly, and sometimes he baits players do that. Right, he'll stand one way and then wait for them to move, and then he quickly moves his foot and and pokes the ball away. But what really impressed me the most is his vision in passing the ball and like chipping the ball, like long distance, like pinging the ball. It's like hmm. from a left back aspect of it, and I was like, that's impressive. He could switch the ball from one end of the field and be pretty decently accurate. And it reminded me a lot of like when we used to have like toy try to split the center backs and then Molino chipping the ball over. I was like, if we add that, if we add that back into our game, that'd be really interesting. So I, I, I liked it because we need someone on the left to 
relieve Chase Gasper because throughout all last season, we were thinking that he looks tired at certain times or he's worn out. <laughs> and he There was no able... backup to Gasper, so... So I mean I think it'd be it'd be great I think he's he if he, if he's greedy or not I think he he's he's smart and he knows where to pass the ball to and I think he's not as flashy, right as uh, as Chase, but he's effective and I kind of like that. So yeah, if you get a chance to look at his highlight reel, it's pretty interesting. You kind of just answered my question. I, I was going to ask if you if you see him challenging for that spot, and it sounds like you do. Right on. Anything else on on the draftees? Um, I just think that McMaster's is, is a really good idea. Wake Forest is known for creating talent. And a matter of fact, I think they had five or six players drafted from. from... So Wake Forest, if anyone, if anyone asks you who won, who won the, the MLS Super Draft, they go Wake Forest did. Cause they yeah. had like... I mean, UC Davis was up there too. But yeah, Wake Forest was the kind of the school of the year in terms of the draft pool. So. And also, so it, is that school in North Carolina, South Carolina? I forget where they're at. Somewhere down there. Yeah. <laughs> in that, <laughs> in that well general done. vicinity. If it's not within two Crack hours research. of driving, this is a hero. It doesn't matter. Except for <laughs> Chicago. But, you know. Winston-Salem, North Carolina is what shows up. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Here's the, here's the thing, too, is that um, I, I think McMaster's is good. I think also I was happy because the, if you were looking at other places that were doing mock drafts, like I fell into the rabbit hole of Edward Kisa. And that's who we're supposed to pick. Like he was a forward forward who, um, uh, was it Penn? Is it in Penn? I forget what it is. He was a forward, right? He, uh, a very well um, known forward. He's like a top second scorer in, in, in school history. And for this season, he was left off the roster for the for for the team with no explanation whatsoever and with no explanation whatsoever that makes me want to i researched as many message boards as i could and everything and every theory that came up was like bad and i was like yeah i hope it's none of these and i'm hoping that whoever does the research and wants to draft him and it was you know um uh the fighting bruce arenas that that, dra- that drafted him um that they actually were reveal what the reasons were right because the allegations were far and wild from visa issues to um to sexual misconduct uh accusations i mean there 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 was nothing constant there was nothing reported so i i couldn't put my finger what it was but i found it extremely intriguing that a player who did not uh, did that that was so great was not able to play for a year. So I don't know. I'm hoping it was a family thing, but we'll find out. We'll let we'll let Bruce figure it out. There are also really <laughs> cool things that happened during this draft that I that I actually, if we can talk about a little bit, that was that was great. Yeah, go ahead. This this is the time. So there was there's a couple of really cool names that were drafted. Um, <laughs> do you follow you follow me where I'm going with this, Bridget? Yep. Yeah, yep. I saw some good ones. So um, forgive me, but uh, there was a player who got drafted who was, uh, oh, what is his last name is Ketchup, but is it Joshua? Uh, I forget his last his name is name. Ketchup? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I yeah. That. I'm serious. Like, I was like, wait, people were actually joking. I was like, no, um, no, there was a, I forget what team it is. And I'm trying to look it up, but I, I was really happy that the Venezuelan forward, Daniel Pereira, or the midfielder Pereira got, got picked from, um, 
from Austin. Uh, my favorite thing, and that was one of my things people were asking me, it's like, who do you want to pick? Like, if it doesn't matter, like, it's like, well, we need a forward. Well, there's this forward who, who's been playing, playing and getting better and better, and his name is Daniel Trejo. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, this I did see. This I did see. <laughs> and um and and I had um someone uh someone from from MLS text me about asking about what we were thinking. I was like, you know, I I would love I would love Daniel Trejo, and I would hope that the PRs the PRs the PR team is ready to to roll with this. And guess which team picks Danny Trejo, moves up to pick Danny Trejo. Had to be LA, LA, man. of course. LAFC, yeah. and literally hours after later, you know, himself, Machete Man One Hundred One, on his inst- an LAFC Instagram account, probably not knowing much about the sport at all, just like he's like, well, "Welcome to <laughs> the MLS." Danny From one Trejo. Danny Trejo to the other, to another. I was like, <laughs> I was like, gosh, LAFC yeah. always gets the fun players to do PR marketing around. Yeah. Oh, they crushed and, that one, and they crushed that one. I was like, yeah. wow, that's that's. That's great. Um, you also put in here, I believe, Mitch Guitar. Yes, Mitch Guitar. That was the other one, too. Yeah. Nashville missed out on that pick. <laughs> That's right. I was thinking about that, too. I was like, music, music, music Haven. Yeah. Musically, why would you not? And like, If you look at his hair, he totally looks like 90s or early 90s, like what, punk rock, not punk rock, but like rock. Like, he, yeah. Um, like he white just got snake, done playing. like white snake type of like guitar bass player or something like that with that <laughs> hair and like and so no that was there, yeah, there, that there's was kind of pick. a kind of a lawless lawless esque to him. Oh no 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 he he looked no his hair just it well, looked better. What I was thinking is like he he he's the kid that just got done playing hacky sack and then put on the uh put on the shin guards <laughs> and goes in to play play the actual football <laughs> and, and puts down his guitar obviously. Yeah. Right. I think the question on Twitter is that what is his favorite instrument? I think. Yeah. Right on. Uh, anything else? We should, shall we move? Let's look to some other MLS news. Uh, DC United have a coach, everybody. Hernan Losada, 38 years old. I mean, I think this makes him the youngest coach in MLS, if I'm not mistaken. Bridget? I believe right. so. Yeah. Uh, he's an Argentine. Um, I thought I, I guess I didn't put in here where he actually played in Argentina, but he didn't stay there long because he ended up going to Belgium, Belgium, where he played uh, Beer Shot, which is a great name for a club, Beer Shot. And he eventually takes over the coaching duties there as well and actually gets them promoted. I think recently, like a year or two ago, gets them promoted to first division. Um, I don't know a whole lot about him. I mean, I put in here he, he's. He's going straight at uh, Henri and Einze for, for the hottest, most attractive manager category. He's a good-looking man. Wait, did you forget <laughs> about my stepdad? He's in there as well, obviously. Yes, yes. He, he, he'll well. give Lucci a run for his money. Lucci's my in there. Yeah. Lucci. That's what I'm saying. He's, he's, he's going to dive in and make a splash. Oh, yeah. He instantly gained, like, thousands of new Insta followers. See? Because everyone's like, all right. We have to research this man. I'm just going to go scroll through his Instagram. Don't worry. I'll take that on. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. that, that should be exciting to watch. Um, so this this caught my eye. This actually came from, from Mr. Verdine over there. He's, he mentions that his grandfather is was an Italian immigrant uh, from Ar- to Argentina from Italy named Adolf, which 
which makes me kind of scratch my beard. <laughs> uh, are we reliving that moment in X Men, one of the X Men yes. movies? Well, oh, thank you. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Leave it at that. Magneto dot GIF. Um, Jordan Morris to uh, from the Sounders to Swansea. That's that officially is now he actually put on the jersey today, I believe. So going into the championship, they're second in there, probably going to get promoted. Um, what do you all think about that? Is, is this a good move for him? Maybe potentially getting into the premiership? Go ahead. Definitely. He spent, what, six seasons now with Seattle, his, his home team. Um, so he, I mean, what can you say about a club that, you know, sees that in a young player? He's still got quite a few years ahead of him. Um, and Seattle's good with him going off and getting some experience. So it'll be a change of scenery for him, kind of some, ex- some new, exciting play. Uh, I don't think we've seen all of his talent with the squad in Seattle. Uh, so I think it'll, it'll be good for him and it'll be good for MLS when he comes back from his six month stint over there. Yeah. The athletic had a really good article in regards to how this all like came up, but, and, and I mean, the, the move is, is perfectly placed in the aspect of it. You go to a competing championship team and who literally, you know, was super close to getting, to getting promoted. And so like, if he does well and then gets promoted, he gets, you know, he gets EPL, he gets a EPL contract. Right. And so like, yep. that is a way to work yourself into the system. Right. And, and, it, and it works Right, like for Seattle, it works for them because a they get the exposure and b they 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 might be able to get some money out of that. But the question for me is, now does Seattle uh, is is Seattle not considered a, a top four team now after that? And they play Seattle plays with a uh, two forward two two forwards up top, right? Which might be kind of fun for him. Yeah. Wait, did I say Seattle? Swansea. My, my fault. Yeah. I'm trying to keep children not making so much noise over here. <laughs> Got thrown off. Yeah, no, I, I just think without Jordan Morris, the Sounders become a different team. I don't know who who steps into that position that they have on their roster that can do that, to be honest, right now. I think, I think they can work around it, though. I mean, they did for a season and a half while he was out injured, and they've improved quite a bit since then. Um, and we saw it, it's not like he was the flashiest player this season. Like he didn't have that great of a season. Um, so I don't think he, he was definitely a piece that, that got them as far as they went. Uh, but I think that they can, they have enough pieces to make it work and still be quite competitive. Cool. Um, this this was just a weird. We talked about the uh, the MLS, MLSPA and and the uh, force majeure clause last week, but okay. So so Don Gar- Garber puts out this uh, commissioner letter to fans, and basically says in it, MLS ownership group presented a fair proposal, blah 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 blah, with 100% of their salaries this year in a return for a two-year extension of the MLS collective bargaining agreement. <laughs> so the MLSPA getting spicy. It's just at us next time like this is the first time they're hearing about this from this <laughs> supposed press release from the commissioner i mean 
Yikes. Uh, all I got to yeah. say is Dahmer Garber is not a lawyer, nor, nor anyone who... Nor is he advised him. by anyone anywhere close. Right. And <laughs> so, like, what, Dahmer Gar- what Garber says is just... Yeah, I wouldn't then, take it to heart at all. And then after that one, he puts out the statement stating that the PA has submitted a response to our counter offer, and that they're you know they respect the players as athletes and businessmen, and we look forward to reviewing their response. That that letter had no purpose other than to throw in that last line was that was. We respect the players as athletes and businessmen. Yeah, someone took his Twitter um, account away at that so, point. Yeah, it's so just like passive aggressive and um, it just, it's absurd. Like, yeah, I, they, I, I don't, I don't, they don't it. need to say anything at all. Right. <laughs> like, don't say anything. Come till like April, March or late February and then start working at deals and tell me yep. when. Work your deals behind the scenes. We don't need to hear your patronizing comments about the PA every time something happens. We know you're talking on Twitter. Yeah, like what? Like, there's any way that um, Garber could get fans to be like on the league side, or that, (laughs) like, you know, like the fans are this middle ground, and they just have to win them over. Like, you know, I think the fans are like, listen to Don Garber. Your best interests are (laughs) support. Uh, or I'm sorry, fans support the players, and I, I think the players know that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Garber would be very better, better well received if you said our goal for next season is to get below twenty percent uh, of of MLS players being infected by COVID. Oh. <laughs> I think that would be much better. <laughs> well, it was just... interesting to see. I mean, every single supporters group, pretty much. Uh, when they said at us next time and then Ethan Finley put that tweet out like all right just keep swinging don't worry about hitting anything just keep on swinging and every single supporters group was like yep we got you this is stupid so hopefully hopefully someone in that department will uh did Ethan Finley just recently become like a M player union uh, representative, or yeah. has he always been? Yeah. Um, I think last season now. or the year okay. before. Yeah. yeah. Right. No, yeah. I, I guess this is he's been more vocal now than before. So like, yeah. right? Because I know like two years ago it was like Eric Meller, and so like I love yeah. hearing Eric. Meller. I don't know if he still is in in Nashville, but I'm I like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. I was like, whatever they do is like players, you know. We're all behind the players. Screw the Definitely. owners. The billionaires oh, who made more money, even though they said they lost money. So it was just so bizarre to like to watch it go down in real time on Twitter. It's like, what the hell? Just... Really? <laughs> uh, uh, Rodrigo, I'll, I'll let you talk about the uh, U.S. Women's National Team. They they played Colombia twice, and at first I was confused as to why, and and did a little bit of my own research. I didn't have to dig very far to to, to figure that out. Um, blowouts both times we, we can start with the the 18th I mean, the first match here which be, which basically becomes a family affair it's the Mewis family just <laughs> decides to go to work four nil all within the Mewis family are you ready for go it ahead. ready Mewis family <laughs> anyways no i mean colombia look like colombia is one of the stronger teams in in the uh come bowl um in the women's side the problem is Colombia had to up to 
this game, Colombia hadn't played a game in like over a year. <laughs> so, so like it was one of these things where like you you wanted to be able to get thing out things out done, and they also had players who were on, on the COVID uh, list that couldn't play for the first game. And from the get go, like it was one of these games where they just um, you could totally tell that. One of the things that you need to understand is like if 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 you can't control if you can't get rid of the ball quickly or you don't already have your people set up for quick outlet passes when the US the US is pressing, then you're gonna have a long night. And that was one of the things. They couldn't find the connecting passes. It was maybe one, two passes and it was still in their half. Um, and those are the things that needed to um, to change. But um, the Colombian goalkeeper, oh my gosh, that first game, it was like if it she saved at least eight goals. She was great. And I think if anything, like this helps a lot, some of the Colombian players um, get exposure and hopefully get picked up by teams. I like, uh, you know, they're like the first game was like, you know, it was like just trying to get back out there and shape. The second game was a little bit more of, of, of what I, what I liked more to see uh, in which Colombia was actually trying to get out the ball to the wings and then try to play it back into the triangle aspect of it. But again, like if you can't deal with the press because they will press you because you have Lynn Williams, you have all these like players who are fast and are willing to give you, you have Sam, you have Mewis, all these that are willing to press you uh, that they will do it. And if you, if you lose the ball, then you have to be able to be able to have figure, figure out how to, how to get it back and how to stop the bleeding in the aspect of like the, the turnovers that you're having on, on your side of the field. And Colombia actually started pressing the United States a couple of times and, and was lucky. There was a giveaway in the second game that should have been a goal, but uh, didn't, didn't, didn't go their way. So it's, it's, I like these games, not only because they get to watch um, women's soccer, but like it also gets more exposure to teams, but it's practice for them, right? It's like I'm trying to get better. Uh, yeah, and, that, that second one you, you're talking about now, so that ends 6-0. So for a total of two games, <laughs> t- that that's 10 to nil, ten to 0, basically, over those two games. But here's what I learned without having to go very far and dig very deep. The Colombian Federation did not pay for this team to come here. They had to get individual sponsors, basically, to get them from Colombia to – are they in Florida? I'm not exactly sure where they were playing, wherever it was in the U.S. Um, and I, I think along with that, too – they're not getting paid by the Colombian Federation. So the fact that they're playing two games, yes, they got destroyed. Yes, it was practice. The U.S. Federation is paying them probably far more than their own supposed confederation or federation and probably confederation, all of the above, which, right. which is just the sad state of affairs of, of where a lot of these uh, women's which, national teams are at. Which is kind of like a mm-hmm. step backwards of the announcements that Comebol made regarding improving the women's game, yeah, right? you're right. You're right. I think they took the the COVID mess kind of as a as an easy out. Oh, we have to we have to shut everything down. But you know, men's leagues and men's games are still going. Why are we shutting down just the women's teams? Um, in between this, Bridget, I'll throw this one to you. I, I did not see this, but apparently there was a another kneeling situation in the first match. Yeah. Well, I think both of them. Uh, U.S. TV didn't show much of the anthem. Um, it was like quick cutaway from the anthem on video, uh, but plenty of people from outside the States were watching, of course, or on different IPs. So 
there were probably half, a little less than half the starting lineup uh, was standing rather than kneeling. Most of the players were kneeling. Most of, I think, Columbia was kneeling as well. Um, and then you have half the U.S. squad standing. Uh, Julie Ertz, uh, as usual. Um, I believe Carly Lloyd was standing as well. Um, and more importantly, it was uh, an interview afterwards. They asked Carly Lloyd why um, players were standing. And there was some discussion if they had an explanation to their teammates for why they were standing. And she gave the usual, uh, well, you know, we have lots of respect for each other. And we talked about it in the locker room. And we decided that, you know, if some people wanted to stand, that was fine. If some people wanted to kneel, that was cool. So it's it's still like an ongoing internal um, conversation with that. Um, and there have been quite a few uh, thought pieces in the last few days regarding that and why it's not just a matter of, you know, a simple choice, whether you choose to kneel or not. Yeah, all, I've got a little bit usual. here. Go ahead, <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, all the usual yes that we hear every time. Yeah, this this one did a really good job. I mean, basically tie, tying it into uh, to MLK Day that we, we just celebrated, um, basically saying, quote, the signal often received is an unwillingness to even approach the lowest hurdle, let alone step over it. It's difficult to face that reality so starkly and is itself another form of hurt. So, unquote, I'll leave yep. it there. Um, Rodrigo, you want to talk about Super Mercario? Super Mercario. <laughs> so, um, Katarina Macario, uh, just I don't, is she, I don't know what the because I know she played college, um, and it was a standout in, in, in the college level, but um, she was originally um, from Brazil, from Maranhão, yep. And then moved to San Diego. Well, and... first she moves from Maranhão to Brasilia, and she starts oh, okay. playing in play, starts playing in Brasilia. And then the family moves from... to San Diego when she's like a teenager. You got and it. And she was a dancer, and then just recently became a U.S. citizen. Yep. And literally, second cap, right? And first start, and three minutes in, scores a really nice goal. And I yep. think there were several times where she was set up to score some more and just ricocheted or hit off somebody and then go in. But man, this kid's fun to watch. I, I was reading too. Apparently, um, even after she moved, the Sebe Afi were calling. Hey, hey, you want to come back? Want to <laughs> want to play with the Brazilian national team? Saying, yeah, 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 just you know, just chill out. I'm, I'll, I'll be there. Just give me a couple. No, 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 no. You, you, you can come and play with us now. No, no, it's all right. <laughs> and then she signed to play with the U.S. <laughs> yeah, I, I, so I like go. to see what the conversation is going to be when, like Marta and all of them, we get to play a friendly against them, and and she start, she plays. I just love to be in that conversation. So, yeah, there could be some some serious uh, palavrões, some uh, some trash talking in Portuguese on that one for the first time ever. Um, hey, um, Sasha, maybe. Go ahead. I'm just going to throw out, and I'm scrolling it now so we can get to it in a little bit. Uh, Andy Greeter just dropped a Q&A with Adrian uh -oh. Heath. 
Okay. Um, it kind of goes into Molino and Amarija and uh, a little bit on Ike and some potential signings. Um, so we can hit that in a little bit here. I'm just kind of scrolling through. Sure, sure. I'll, I'll let you read it. And I'll, I was actually going to throw this one to Sasha. So he he broke. He uh, mentioned this. Um, USL apparently this broke with with Mr. Reuter as as aforementioned here. The USL is apparently going to launch a pro am women's league, 2022. Yeah, I, I read that article by um, Jeff Reuter, uh, Meg Linehan in the Athletic. So um, originally, I because I think it's been talked about for a little bit now that the USL was trying to get back into um, the women's game. They had a, a women's league, I think, that um, that went for about 20 years. I think that's the league that the Minnesota Lightning were in. I could be wrong. Um, but they're trying to – basically, it's going to be a pro, pro amateur league or pro-am pro is what they're calling it. So I think there's a chance for um, women to, to get paid. I can't imagine – it's going to be a living wage, but hopefully a way to make some money. And at the same time that there'll be some players who can um, keep their college eligibility and play um, play during the college season and during the summer, play in this, this USL league. They said, yeah, spring 2022. Um, and their, their target is 30 clubs, um, which seems like a lot um, initially. Yeah, that's pretty ambitious. Um, yeah, but then... You, you figure the USL in all of its its whole pyramid, its whole structure has I think I think about 130 teams. So if you if you go from 130, find and I believe all of the teams are going to be affiliated with um, with USL teams. So probably not Minnesota, I would guess. But then I wonder if that's a way. Say if you know if there's a women's team in uh, you know Pittsburgh that takes off, if if they couldn't. Um, sort of get promoted in the same way the USL USL teams sort of go up to the MLS that teams couldn't go up into the NWSL. Well said. Yeah. Be interesting to watch for sure. Wow. 30. That's, that's surprising. I guess I didn't see that. Okay. Right on. Um, should we take a break or keep moving? We've got internationals here, but not a lot. I'm not sure what that means, Rodrigo. Let's just keep going. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say time out, but like, because like I, I'm looking at the notes and we got quite a few more things to go through. So yeah, but there's these these are fast though. I think. All right, are you gonna speak in your micro machine voice? Uh, if you want me to, we we can take. Should we take a break or not? <laughs> no, we're good. Let's just go. All right, we'll keep moving. All right, here we go. Into the internationals. Uh, this is Bridget's back, so we can talk Liverpool. Um, things aren't so bright in, in Liverpool land. Uh, they... we, could, we could just not talk Liverpool. That's fine too. <laughs> she wants to skip it. All right. Fair yeah, enough. Let's just, well, let's just talk Peacock. Let's do that. They they tied and and uh, yeah, they've 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 dropped out a little bit. Manchester United, at least for now, back up to one. Man City two. Leicester three. Liverpool down to four. But it's all super. I mean, we're talking like within three points. It's still, it's still extremely tight. Yeah. So yeah. nothing to really worry about. Um, you want to jump to Peacock, Rodrigo? I've got it in here somewhere. I, I mean, I don't. There's no way. Like NB, NBC Sports is is yep. what done after when? I don't know. They just March, uh, April. They've been they've been saying sometime end of this year. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they push that a little bit. Their original plan was to just like get through the Olympics this year, and mm-hmm. then kind of phase it out. So I don't know what the 
what the day is now. Yeah. I mean, like, I can just keep thinking as like, what more subscriptions do we need? Like, I like, like, I'm not a big fan of the EPL, right? I like it because of my Newcastle and I get to watch games centers, but like, Bundesliga is more accessible to me. So, like, yeah. I'm not going to worry about that. So, so for I all think, those who follow the EPL, that all of all the EPL, they're going to lose the EPL watching. And that's, uh, sorry. I mean, yeah, yeah. That that's the key word is the accessibility, which we talk about a lot on this show. And that's that's gonna make it rough. I'm I'm guessing NBC is still probably gonna carry a game or two, but they're I mean they're shifting things over to USA Network. Uh, wow. Similar to during the World Cup, they do that, mm-hmm. um, where you can find them on basically throw scroll through cable, and there's a game on, you know, every random channel that's somehow owned by NBC. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they'll kind of move things around. I'm sure they'll still. I saw a tweet that said that they should just move all of the like car auction crap TV over to Peacock and play play nothing but Premier League on, on the actual TV. It'd be so, nice. It'd be nice. I mean, it won't happen, but they know that they have a market here for Premier League games, and yeah. they're gonna try to make some money off of it. So yeah, unfortunately, typical. Um, typical. Hoppy Clouds, uh, Hoppy, Matthew Hoppy just, just keeps doing the thing. We talked about the first ever U.S. Citizen hat trick last week. On the 17th, Schalke plays Frankfurt. They actually lose 3-1, to one, but that one goal is Mr. 19-year-old Hoppy. And then a few days later on the 20th, again, Schalke lose. That, maybe that's the other story is they keep losing, yet he's doing his thing. Uh, Colm to Schalke 1, again, that one is him. So we're talking about five goals in the last three matches over a week and a half, which is pretty spectacular actually for a kid that none of us even knew about like what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Yeah. Not bad. Do you think, do you think he gets a uh, national team call up here? Any of you? He has to, right? Because he thinks so. Get on the Olympic. He has to get called up to at least the Olympic practice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got, I got beefed up Fernando Torres now. Look at this guy. I don't even recognize him. <laughs> He's huge. He's like ready to fight like heavyweight MMA. <laughs> um, did any of you guys watch uh, Umbrella Academy? I got into it. I fell in deep. Oh yes. So this is the guy with the beard, hey. the monk, the big old arms. Yes. You that's got what it. I was He's thinking L- too. He's Luther. Luther. That's right. <laughs> oh man, totally. With the tattoos, oh yeah, that is totally Luther. Luther. Um, yeah. Yep, that, good that was call my on that one. Observation, thank you, thank you. I, I don't even know where he's. I think last played in Japan, but who knows? I mean, if, if he wants to transition to MMA, I think he's all set. He's ready to go. Um, so sticking with kind of a, a Spanish vibe here, we got to talk about the messy red. So. So Sasha, you're 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 convinced he's going to stay at Barcelona. That that was a hot take that I was not prepared for because I, I feel like I feel like homeboy's like in his senior year and he's just like I passed all my classes. I don't give a shit anymore. I'm just going to get away with as much as I can. Because <laughs> I mean, so Barca and Bilbao play. They lose the match. Bilbao three, Barca two, and this is this is late, right? This is like stoppage time. I think ninety something minute that they're going to lose the match and. Um, he loses a, I want, I think he's a forward, maybe he's a midfielder and just, it's, 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 it's a, what do you call it? It's an overhand hook from the back that he just, bam, hits dude right in the ear. <laughs> I was like, 
Lionel, ¿qué pasa? <laughs> I mean, he did hit, it is a red card. You hit someone in the head. Yeah. But anytime, you know, anytime anything happens in soccer, you know, he makes a big deal out of it. Falls, like, you know, jumps off his, off his feet and falls over and Messi goes down and checks his pulse. That's, that's... <laughs> <laughs> right, right. There's that. That's so funny. Yeah. Which, which is, I don't know, it's, it's very uncommon for him, but I think it goes back to the, you thinking he's still going to stay. I mean, I, I think he's got more than a foot. I think he's got half his body out the door. And at this point, he's just like, I don't care. <laughs> it, was, it was a hot take. I do think it's possible that basically, you know, what is it? There's presidents out, coach is probably going to be out. Like, he might have the reins to the, to the, the sleigh that is Barcelona. He could get, you know, whoever as coach he could get I don't know I think I think it's and also he hasn't left yet he's you know how many times has it been this this is this is it he's leaving and then that's true yeah so I don't know that was a soft red it's not Copa Copa it's not Copa Libertadores red so that's all I gotta say yeah because he didn't like sidekick him from the back (laughs) nothing is a Copa Exactly. <laughs> Don't you remember the the Boca Juniors where he knocks the guy down and he stomps him and you look at his face as he's like grinding yeah. his foot into the person's stomach? Oh yeah, that's a red. This is just soft. Sounds like you just pushed him and lend him and just you know assisted on him his face hitting the ground. So I just gotta imagine the shock from the referee, like Messi, really Messi, you're doing this. <laughs> Messi's done other things like that before. I mean, there's plays it's, where like it's, he's. Yeah, it's been a I mean, while like, from a like if you mess with though. his friends, like he'll do that. I remember, well, I mean, I remember when he, uh, when Luis Suarez got like beat up a couple of times and the ball went out wide and he went studs up yeah. and just knocked someone over and he only got a yellow. He should have gotten a red then, but like that's what I mean. I can't, I can't think of time. I, I, I know he has gotten some, but it's been a while. I think, I think it's, it's well, now anyway. where like he's just letting it all go and that's fine. I Let think so go. too. I think so too. I read it was, his third, it was his third ever. In however many years, <laughs> long, long years. Uh, we 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 had this on a uh, past show. It's close to twenty, like seventeen, eighteen, something like that. I also saw, and I think this might speak to his frustration with them losing that that game. This could be the first year Barcelona doesn't win any kind of trophy in since I, I don't know since before I was following soccer. Yeah, it's exactly yeah, it's a, a long, long time. time. Yeah, a long time. Yep, it's a bit of a mess. A bit of a messy. Oh, come on. Sorry. <laughs> I apologize. Let's go uh, Juventus and Weston McKinney. So they, they have their Supercoppa in Italy, which I think is like a preseason kind of thing, if I'm not mistaken. And Juve win, and boy, McKinney gets to party with that trophy. First big trophy, I think, for him. And they they got a lot of footage of, of Weston McKinney and that trophy. <laughs> like j- Just for everybody in the U.S. <laughs> What do you all think? Cool to see. I, yeah, I wasn't able to watch any of the, uh, those matches, but um, yeah, it's another getting one of those guys on the world stage. Um, and to see him get a trophy is fantastic. They had a they had a fantastic season, though. So Yeah, I mean, like, Weston McKinney not only wins, um, what is it? Uh, U.S. Men National Team Player of the Year, and and now gets to do amazing things. I mean, I think that's he's having a great year, and I'm hoping that for in the Olympics and all the other stuff, if it gets played, and 
let's not even talk about Qatar. <laughs> I don't even know how that's going to happen, but um, you know, and then I think he has a bright, bright future. And this is all about how, like, now Europe and the Western and the outside of the world is beginning to look at U.S. talent pools as a way to not have to fork over the you know hundreds of millions of dollars for one player who may or may not work out for them so i kind of get the feeling that this was like the one of their um social media guys you know was or or people was filming and and the cup was getting passed and for whatever reason every time weston mckinney got it like all the numbers started peaking and popping <laughs> it was like no no, no give, give it back to him give it back to him <laughs> uh Let's go to Liga Miyaki. So this, this goes back to Mr. Jarvi from last week. Um, so he is the Club America guy. We, he uh, mentioned that. And we actually mentioned on the program that America and Monterrey were going to play last week. And so they did play. And it turns out there were 11 positive COVID players on the Monterrey team. 11. That did not tell Club America. And now Club America is all having their outbreak. And it's just from there spreading all through Liga Miakis, which is sad, but I guess kind of predictable. But there's a lot of America, Adam being one of them, fans that are that are really pissed that they just rolled in and didn't say anything to anybody. Does Does Mark Fangmeyer know that Benedetti tested positive? I think he's going to be in. Oh, yeah. He put that in here. Yep. Benedetti said, oh, that's going to break his heart. <laughs> yeah, what a mess. And it just goes to show that we are far, far, far from from being out of it. Um, the FIFA Breakaway Super League. This this is just more gangster FIFA stuff here. We've talked about that a little bit on this program where they were talking about the top leagues banding together and doing their own Super League outside of Champions League. Uh, well, they respond. FIFA responds and basically says, um, anybody who plays, let me get the quote here, players who feature in any Breakaway European Super League would be banned from playing in FIFA competitions, including the World Cup. Just... <sighs> classic fifa yep wow not that this is even going to happen but i mean they're making it very clear that they it's, it, it's their money and it's their ball and they're, they're going to take it away and go to another field and all the millions of corrupt dollars that come with it let me ask you guys do, do you, would you want to see such a thing uh, the, the the super super league does that appeal to any of you no <laughs> i mean champions league is pretty much that i mean it's that's yeah i mean if anything you know like i think i mean because there's so many tournaments that are similar to each other copa america is similar to the euro uh the euros right um and it's it's similar i i think if anything there should be an expansion right like the euros should also include some of the the asian uh teams right and I think Copa America should include all the rest of, you know, Canada, United States, and Mexico, and all the other Central American countries, even you know, Cuba and all of them. Just include them all. It's just have a big old tournament. Yeah. Instead of instead of making all these extra smaller groups, why not expand a few and then make it a little more exciting and get some more get some more teams in there without having to just start one more thing that. Yeah, hyper it's getting ridiculous. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, I feel that. Um, I've got a couple little things we can wrap up. FA Cup today, uh, we lost our our sixth division, Chorley. 
by by Chiu Nunu and the Wolves one nil. So it's kind of starting to get to that point where where the uh, the lower division teams are starting to drop. Uh, but then today, <laughs> your your FA Cup holders Arsenal go out losing one nil to Southampton by an Arsenal own goal, no less. <laughs> like the most Arsenal way. <laughs> to, okay, to who who was the own goal? Please tell me. It was uh, Gabriel. Uh, yep. That doesn't really so, surprise me. Does there not. is that. And I guess the last thing I've got is uh, Split Americana final is today, Rodrigo. I don't know if you if you knew that or not. So we've got. No, it's, I it's, didn't. It's is a, that Lanus and and uh, D and J? Defense Justicia. You got yeah. it. So it's a, it's a double Argentine final. Uh, it's going to be starting. What well, should be going on right about now? In fact, yeah. and the winner gets a Libertadores berth. So it'll be another That's Argentine. Cool. I'm ex- I'm there. excited for next week's final. That's right. Next a week from today on the thirtieth, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's going we'll have, to be uh, Palmeiras yeah. and Santos. That should be a you. fun game. I really want to. I hope they're broadcasting it somewhere because I, I want to be able to watch it. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Right. It's going to be Facebook pirate time, unless Sasha, who's more technically advantaged, might might be uh, might might figure out a way to for us to watch that game. I think it's Facebook pirate time, Rodrigo. Ah, hey. <laughs> he's with us. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> He's with us. Well, right on. Anything else? If 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 not, I'll thank Sasha once again for, for joining us. Yeah, for and, sure. uh, can I, can I quick plug an event? Please. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, and I, I don't know the, the turnaround on this. So if, if anything, maybe this is just plugging it to you you all and then so people can know. But um tomorrow, Sunday, the the, the twenty fourth, there's a solidarity rally in George Floyd Square, so thirty eighth in Chicago. For um, two men who were killed in the, or two two men um, in the Iron Range, um, one Estevan Elioff, who's a 19-year-old Latino man who was unarmed and um, was allegedly shoplifting and was shot multiple times by police up there, and there's another man Eddie Uti who is um, Samoan. He was um, found dead, and his last known contact was with police up there. Um, there's there's some some people up there that are trying to you know get answers and get justice for the for these people and they're they're coming down here so I'm excited to hear from them and hear how their struggles are similar and how they're different. Um, what time does, does the event start? That is a good question. I believe it is at one o'clock, one p.m. Okay. Yep. That's what All I right. saw. Yep. If you, Thank if you, you yeah, if you give us more info, we'll, we'll, we'll spread it out on the social media and all the other stuff. So do you want to drop uh, any contact Sasha on, on either the, the socials or email or whatever, if folks want to say hi. Sure. So my, my Twitter, and I don't use it much. I'm going to maybe start using it more. I have kind of a, a joke, Twitter name, a made up supporters group. Some, someday might happen Lake street ultras. So Lake street, L A K E S T. U-L-T-R-A, Lake Street Ultra. That's me on Twitter. Um, yeah, it was fun fun talking to you. I hope, hope to do it again. Right on. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, well, like I said, we got to have you actually like break down a match. So we'll we'll do that at some point here. Yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, get, we'll get Sasha and Issa watch to, to zoom into each other and yell at the team. Oh, there you go. The <laughs> there you go. Bridget Rodrigo, thank you as always. Bridget, it's so nice to have you back. <laughs> Good to be back. Missed you. The, Missed you. the week was kind of weird without a... Without a Saturday schedule. Yeah, yeah. What day is it? <laughs> well, I guess <laughs> What's Minnesota that? United Twitter is helping out that's, with that, right? Yeah, there were, there were a few days there where that actually, I kind of depended on that. But 
Right on, right on. Well, thank you, listeners. Uh, again, if you want to support uh, the show, patreon.com backslash show. We got the beer coming eventually. Again, the second round. And uh, we'll put some bonus content up there. Oh, I should mention, uh, yeah, Rodrigo and I and some other special guests are going to do a joint Dave's I Know situation tomorrow, I believe. Uh, we're going to be talking about the best leagues in the world, I think is kind of the, the topic. And they wanted to get some some non-Eurocentric perspectives. So that's why they invited us. Right. Um, and we're going we're gonna to throw that one up on the Patreon first and, and maybe only. I'm not sure if it's going to move from there, but it'll go to Patreon subscribers. That's all I got. Thank you. Obrigado. See you guys later. Bye.